What's up, listeners? Ted Cluck here, co-host of the Cluck Podcast, and I'm here to talk to you about a brand that I absolutely love, a brand that I've been in a relationship with for a long time, and a brand that the Cluckcast is now in a relationship with, and it's the Dwell Bible app. Uh, I've had the Dwell app on my phone for years now. I love it. The way the Dwell Bible app works is that they will read the Bible to you out loud. Any passage, any plan, any voice style, uh, lots of different voices to choose from, lots of different plans to choose from. I love the I'm feeling playlist. Uh, when I get glum, when I get anxious, when I get angry, when I feel guilty, uh, I'll hit up those playlists, collections of passages from the Bible that speak to that thing. Again, it's the Dwell Bible app. And if you go to dwellapp.io slash cluck, dwellapp.io slash K-L-U-C-K, you can get some special offers only for Cluckcast listeners. Uh, you can get 10% off a Dwell yearly subscription or 30% off Dwell Lifetime. Dwell Lifetime gives you lifetime access to the app with a one-time purchase. Uh, so you get all the updates, all the new playlists, all the new voices, um, access to the Bible 24-7, listen to it in the car. I listen to it in the shower. Uh, it's a good way to start my day. Um, whether you're driving, whether you're showering, working out, uh, the Dwell app is a great way to get some Bible into your life. Visit dwellapp.io slash cluck. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You're listening to Cluck, the podcast where Ted Cluck and Josh Loftus talk about the things that make them happy. Because we can Let's do it. Ted, what's going on, my man? Nah, not much, baby. Just a long, a long day in the ivory towers of academia. You can That's see right. here behind me all the, all the books, the sport coats, um, yeah. you know, the fedora, the decadence. I mean, it's yeah. just like you dream about it, you know. Yeah, oh, that, it that is. Faculty it position is. and. You know, my second job at Bed Bath & Beyond just to provide for my family. You know, it's just like you dream about it. Well, but. you you look like a manager at Bed, Bed Bath & Beyond right now, man. You're looking yeah. good. Yeah. Looking yeah. really good, man. Just yeah. for the record, I am joking. I don't work a second job at Bed Bath & Beyond. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But just it, not just yet. so people know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jury's still out. You know, story's not over yet. Oh, but, my uh, goodness. Yeah, Ted, yeah. Ted, are you, are you at all um, – are you at all in better spirits now that football has started, or yeah. are you? Oh man, yeah. So okay. I had a I had a full football weekend in that I coached my first game at Lane College this weekend. So we um, nice. Yeah, we lost in a monsoon, so it rained all day. We have a oh. probably the worst field in all of football, but probably okay. in college football, it's safe to say. And that it doesn't okay. drain; it just kind of collects rain and. Yeah. Uh, so we played in the mud. It was a it was a tough day, but a fun day, and great to be with the guys. Great to be with my 
with my players. And then, of course, Sunday was wall-to-wall just watching games with Tristan and Mazzy and uh, loving life, man. It was, it was good to have it back. I, I enjoy it. Can't help no. myself. No, hey, no, that's yeah. okay. It's good to have things we enjoy. Now, yeah. are you? Uh, I don't. I don't picture you. I don't picture you as a receiver coach. Are you a line coach? or Are you doing backers? Well, yeah, I, I coached offensive and defensive line in high school. Uh, okay. um, but I, I coach actually just on a very part time basis at Lane. Uh, I work with the long snappers, so the snappers, kickers, and oh, punters are kind of right. kind of my group. And yeah. I go out Wednesday afternoons and Saturdays. I'm with them on game day, so it's very very part time. I'm the the lowest man on the the coaching totem pole there at Lane, but uh, but man, yeah. I love it. HBCU football is its own kind of wild fun experience. The bands are amazing. The atmosphere is yeah. great. It's uh, yeah. it's a great time. Thoroughly how's your it. how's your long snap these days, Ted? You know, I haven't snapped in a while um but the last time i was snapping i was snapping really well so yeah Yeah. uh, i snapped some last season and i snapped some the season before that and uh yeah i I got to a pretty good place and you know snapping it's largely mental it's like a golf swing in that once you learn the stroke you know how to do it but like the way that you can really screw yourself over is to get in your own head which which when i was younger that would happen frequently Sure. Um, but sure. now that I'm older and I'm more kind of grounded just as a person, I think the snapping has gotten better. So yeah. too late, too late for me to, well, you know, hey, make any bad. make any great money on it. But uh, but I'm enjoying it nonetheless. I did I did a little bit of non- long snapping in high school. Oh man, um, stressful, which, huh? Which was fun. Well, well, it was fun. Yeah, I mean, it is stressful. But mm-hmm. then, uh, like once you get once you figure out the hand placement and how yeah. to get the spin on the ball real yeah, tight the mechanics spin, mm-hmm. dude it's fun it's super you know? fun yeah and then and then i uh, so so once i got that down i then <laughs> i figured out a way to almost almost throw like it, it was almost like a knuckleball to where yeah. i snapped it and there was no spin whatsoever and i did it to throw to throw our punter off <laughs> that would definitely do <laughs> so it when, yeah <laughs> whenever we were scrimmaging I I do it like like you know like if it was like at the end of practice mm-hmm. I'd throw him a no spin and you'd wow. see him like trying to like figure yeah. out where it's gonna be in the air it was but yeah that didn't last long I ended up just yeah. going to linebacker because no, we had better me. long snappers than me yeah yeah I don't blame me it's a tough job yeah, but our so, kid man I got I got to shout out my guy at Lane yeah did a tremendous job in a monsoon and like six inches of mud terrible field uh, he was great did really well so what um, position did he play again. Uh, did did I play or does he play? No, no, him, him, yeah, yeah. He plays running back, but he but he nice. snaps for me. So yeah, he's that's a awesome. he's a a two multi talented individual for sure. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. dude. That's yeah. awesome. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So Ted, something I wanted to talk about today, um, and this was actually a listener request, and I really really yeah. like the idea, and it it it, it kind of uh, kind of dovetails off of you, you know, hanging out with your kids and doing stuff like mm-hmm. that. I, I would love to hear, and some of our listeners would like to hear too, <clears throat> kind of the uh, the story and background of mm-hmm. how you and KK got into adoption, because both of your boys are adopted, Yep. right? And it's from Ukraine? Yep, both from correct? Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Both from Ukraine, right? And you and you adopted them both when they were, they were both pretty young. Yeah, Tristan right? was a year and a half, Maxim was three. Two separate adoptions, separate parts yeah. of the country, the whole thing. But uh, yeah, it was so, wild. So t- to preface that, mm-hmm. I've I've worked a lot, probably you know, 10, 15 years or so with um, um, at risk youth. Yeah. Right. So youth, you know, either getting into trouble or mm-hmm. you know some like mental development stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Or or just bad home, you know, home lives. Yeah. Right? Just the 
the wide spectrum of whatever classifies an at-risk mm-hmm. youth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love doing it, but yeah. but I got to say, and this is something I, I really want to hear from you because mm-hmm. I'm always interested. There is a large percentage of at-risk youth that I worked with mm-hmm. that either came from a home uh, that in which they were adopted mm-hmm. or they're currently in the foster care system. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it, you know, it, it happens. It, it, it's something that it's something that, that, that has mm-hmm. to be dealt with. So just, just by proxy, yeah. the majority of, of um, experience that I have with kids that have been um, adopted is in a more negative sense yeah. in that I'm, I'm having to help these kids that are in this situation. Right. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you. Um, because I'm always I'm always looking for the positive. Like I know yeah. that that's not that's not reality across the board, sure, right? Sure. And I'd love to hear from you, just kind of how that process went. Maybe how you and KK decided to get into adoption. Yeah. Some of the some of the maybe the struggles that you guys had getting into it, and yeah. just how how that whole process went for you guys. Because yeah. I, from what I see and from what I experience and what I know of your kids. You guys have a great relationship with your kids, and, yeah. and I love seeing it. And it, it does mm-hmm. my heart really, really good because it's like, look, here's a family that has gone through the adoption thing, and the kids are great. They're in sports. They love their dad. They love their mom. And like, I see that in them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'd love to hear just kind of how how that happened, man. So maybe maybe start start at the beginning, kind of walk us through if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, well, so the very very beginning was KK and I were just out of college. We were 21. Uh, lived in Lithuania for a year, called it missions work. It was really just two stupid kids trying to figure things out and put off real life for another year. But we, we call it missions work in, in the evangelical world. And, uh, and it was, we got to teach in a missionary school in Lithuania. So we were, we were there in Eastern Europe. Lithuania at the time had only had their independence for a few years. So they were trying to figure things out and it was a wild experience. I'd never traveled anywhere in my life really before that. Um, so we did that and we were teaching, but one of the, one of the side things we got to do while we were there was volunteering in orphanages and they were everywhere in Lithuania. They were really everywhere in Eastern Europe, kind of on every street corner, it seemed like, and they were bursting with these kids that Mm. needed homes and needed love. And, and we would go and we would play with them for a night and then leave, which was excruciating. You know, there was a real sense of, sure, we're not doing anything for these kids. And, um, you know, KK and I being, you know, somewhat idealistic and full of ourselves and, and full of our own virtue at that time, we were like, um, we want to adopt before we even try to have kids, right? So we decided that we would go back to Eastern Europe and adopt um, when we were ready to have a family. And so, I don't know, five, six years later, we were 26, 27-ish, we, um, we started, we decided to adopt and we picked Ukraine. Ukraine was the the closest country to Lithuania that had an open adoption program to Americans. And okay. this is really before adoption got super cool and sexy in, in the evangelical church. Mm-hmm. Um, we were aware of it, but like all the books hadn't been written yet and it really wasn't a movement per se. Um, but we did it and we started chipping away at it. It was really expensive and it was really hard. And as it turns out, our adoption of Tris was per the adoption agency, like the hardest one they ever did in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, he was in this region called Crimea, which is now uh, since been annexed by Russia in 2011 or 2012 or something like that. So mm-hmm. um, that's where he was. He was in a city called Simferopol. And um, 
Yeah, like three families had started adopting him before us and had just given up because it was too hard. So, um, but we did it. We went for it. Um, flew flew into Ukraine with twenty large strapped around my waist, all cash. You know, because you get there, you start peeling off cash, just paying people. It's a wild, you know, wild ride. Wow. And um, we were young, dude, and we didn't know what we didn't know, you know. We didn't know anything about parenting. We didn't know anything about how hard it was supposed to be. We just knew we yeah. were we were down for it. And as soon as we met him, I'll never forget it. So we, we flew into Kiev and kind of did the front-end stuff there in Kiev. But then we got on this rickety old, like, Frank Sinatra era, like, prop plane and flew down to Simferopol. And... Yeah. Um, when we saw him, you know, the orphanage was dark, it was cold, it was under-resourced, and when they brought sure. him out, he was wearing uh, he was wearing girls' clothes. Like, they oh, didn't even man. have enough boys' clothes in the, in the orphanage for him. But, um, yeah, he was amazing, dude. We would, we would just go every day to the orphanage and play with him, and we bonded with him, and he bonded with us. And then they told us we had to go home, and mm. it was excruciating because I didn't know if we'd ever see him again, you know, because it was oh. so... It was so corrupt over there, and there was pneumonia ripping through the orphanage. And I remember one day they were like, we really need medicine. And I'm like, for, for him? And they're like, no, for everybody. And I was like, how, how much will it be? And they're like, $40. And I'm like, done. And yeah. we spent we spent the, the rest of the day driving around to different like apothecaries in the city getting medicine for this whole orphanage, and it only cost 40 bucks. So that was a, that was a really good day. Um, and then, so, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, so when when you and KK made the decision to adopt, and you're like, yeah. okay, this is what we want to do. This is the direction we want to go. Yeah. What what was the general consensus and conversations being had around you guys with like with either your family or your church or your friends? Yeah. Was it overwhelmingly supportive? Did you have some mm-hmm. people that were like, eh, you know, be careful of this, this, and that? Yeah. Like, yeah. What was what, what was the consensus when you guys kind of let yeah. people know, like, you know, this is the direction we're going? Yeah. I mean, for us, the consensus was we'd been to Eastern Europe. There are all these kids there that need families. Like, we should we should adopt one, you know? Um, and for our families, I mean, they were, they were supportive because they love us, sure. but they were definitely apprehensive. They were yeah. just like, you guys know you're, you're doing this the hardest way possible. And we we're like, yeah, we're, we're aware, but man, mm. we were, we were young, we were idealistic and, and I'm glad because the Lord put Tristan in our lives and then eventually Mazzy. Um, yeah. But yeah, in retrospect, it probably didn't make a lot of sense. And now that I'm, you know, in my mid forties, I, I see it more from the parents' perspective, and I, I'm, I've done a better job of putting myself in the shoes of my parents back then and trying to think what they would have thought. And I, they, they had good reason to be worried. You know, they really sure. did. Those those countries were, they were wild. They were corrupt. They were a little dangerous. You know, I'm sure they like, you know bent us over financially and I know they did because it was it was happening to us at the time and you know there were aspects of it that were really hard and frustrating but you know being there with my wife at a relatively young age and then being there with my wife and Tris and then eventually my wife and Tris and Mazzy Mm. for those days and those weeks in Ukraine we were all we had and Mm. there's something really special that happens to people when you're all you have and you become bonded and and connected and kind of thick as thieves in a way that like maybe 
not everybody does. And um, it was great. And those are fond memories, man. Those first nights in little apartments in Ukraine with Tris. And when, when we had to process out of the country, so we had to go there and back three times, which okay. was excruciating emotionally and financially. It was really hard. Um, and I think they were just messing with us. They were just milking cash out of us because sure. they know that once you see the kid, like you're in and you'll do almost anything. And um, so when we finally got to process out, it was like the night before we were supposed to leave the country. And I wrote all this in an adoption memoir called Hello, I Love You, Adventures in Adoptive Fatherhood, if anybody's interested. This is yeah, all I was. There. I was literally going to. You're gonna, about to plug it. I, I was going to plug it for you, but, but you know, yeah. I should have known you'd do it yourself. You can plug it again. You can plug it later. But, <laughs> I will. Uh, I will. Yeah. We were in Kiev, and we were supposed to leave the following morning. And KK and I got, like, ravaged with food poisoning. Oh, and no. we were sick as dogs, dude, the night before. And so we call our interpreter. And we were supposed to drive all night, like 17 hours in the car to Poland. That was yeah. the plan to like process out of the embassy and then get in a car and drive to Poland. Mm-hmm. And we were, I was just like, I don't, I don't think we can do it. And yeah. she's like, tough, you have to do it. I'll be, I'll meet you on the street corner in 15 minutes. So like, right. oh. um, she pulled up in her husband's Mercedes and I puked all over the Mercedes. Oh. I puked all over the, the American embassy. And then, um, we had this other interpreter and she started, <clears throat> kind of driving us around town and intervening. And at one point she stopped like on the edge of a dark alley. She disappeared down the alley and she came back with a syringe full of, to this day, Josh, I don't know what it was, um, but she did one of these and I'm, I'm pointing in a certain way. Yeah. And I took my pants down in the middle of Kiev and she, oh. she jabbed my butt with this syringe. And to this what? day, I don't know what was in it. But in about an hour, hour and a half, I started feeling better. And that was what got us to Poland. Because apart from that, I don't think I would have made it to, you know, to Warsaw. <laughs> no way. So we, yeah. Is that in the book? Yeah, it's in the book. So <laughs> we drove all night to Warsaw. Our driver looked like Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. <laughs> Ukrainian Patrick Swayze. Oh, Shout out that goodness. guy if he's listening. But, uh, dude, it was wild. And all the while we had Tris, who was a year and a half and who was experiencing life outside the orphanage for the first time. So he's oh, seeing, man. like, cars and buses and buildings and just having his mind blown by it. And he was, yeah. like, all gas, no brakes, man. And and I remember sure. the first night we spent in Poland, um, we were so relieved to get there. We were starting to feel better. And we got this little room with, like, a bedroom and then a little divider and then a little, like, sitting room or whatever. And we put him in the sitting room in a crib to sleep. Yeah. And by morning, he had he's so strong. He's still strong to this day. He's like two thirty and rocked up. But yeah. back yeah. even then, he was strong. And he had rocked the crib all the way out of his room and around the corner. And when we woke up, like he was standing at the edge of his crib, like staring at us. <laughs> you know, um, he just wanted to be near us and uh, oh and goodness. see us. And dude, it was beautiful. I mean, and dude. it was it was hard. Like the the book is full of hard stories and cop stuff like stuff that almost went real south but um but we made it you know and now man by god's grace that kid is my best friend you know we are thick as thieves man and uh he shares his life with me and i share mine with his and the lord has softened both of those boys hearts and they they both have regenerate tender soft hearts and they love their their church and i couldn't be richer you know i i feel like uh beyond blessed you know Man, that's and yeah. <laughs> I think uh, 
I think we can tend to, and I know I'm prone to this. Mm-hmm. I think we can tend to be very negative in our outlook, mm-hmm. and especially with things as beautiful as adoption. Because here's the thing: is there anything, is there anything that shows the picture of the gospel more clearly right. than adoption? Mm. And that you have this child, yeah, who is in this orphanage. It's dark. It's yeah. cold. It's filled with sickness. They're yeah. helpless. Yeah. And God prompted you and KK to pull this child out to give him your name. Yeah. And to bring him into your home. And man, when I think about that, it is yeah. so. It's so like you. You can't. You can't help but think of what Jesus did for us. Oh man, yeah, right? and and. You're reminded of it as you're parenting because we had, we had a thing yeah. happen a couple of weeks ago just with one of them and and it involved being caught in some sin and he was really ashamed and really broken and yeah. really embarrassed like we are when we sin and sure. sure I got the chance to tell him you know I I delight in you you delight me like when you're oh, in the man. room I'm happier yeah. and um, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 something that, and I think it's it's something that like I don't think we think about enough. Sorry, man. Mm. <clears throat> Couple of emotional dudes here, and you know. I guess so I guess so. I didn't. We know need like that. your typical cold-hearted dude to like host this. <laughs> yeah, I know. We get is, we're the we're the wrong guy. We're the we wrong are. guys for this conversation. Yeah, I, I think we um, like that's that's the kind of stuff that, and it comes back to like that father-son stuff, dude. Yeah. which just which kills me is like it it is such a vital part of a kid's upbringing mm-hmm. to know that they need to be able to see the gospel in the way that their parents love them yeah you know it doesn't mean true. that it doesn't mean that my sin isn't called out yeah that's it doesn't right. mean that there's not discipline and consequences that's right but it does not affect the relationship I have with my dad. Yeah, yeah, you that's know? right. And 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 I think there's, yeah, I just think that 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 is such a beautiful picture when you have the opportunity to do that for your kids. It's like, look, I know you messed up. Yeah. And there's consequences yeah. for messing up. What you did is wrong. Yeah. And you know the shame that we feel for our sin. It's a good thing. Yeah. But. Right. It does not affect the amount that I love you. Correct. And our relationship is not going to change, even though... And, dude, like, that is such a vital aspect yeah. of parenting. Yeah. And it's something our kids need... It's something the kids need to see. Yeah, they do. They know? really do. And they need to see that the love isn't tied to performance. And Exactly. You know, so often in our culture... yeah, And, you know, social media, we always crap on it, and with good reason. But, I mean, it's created this culture of, like, even for people my age... So much of what they live and breathe for is like flexing about their kids on social media and all the right. all the achievements and all the kind of things we chase. But like when you're a parent, you realize, and I think Christian parents especially, like the the love for that child is so not tied to performance, and mm. they need to be reminded of that from time to time. You know, and it's yeah. a joy to remind them of that, and it's a joy to battle sin together and to enjoy God's grace and to seek God's grace and to reconcile with each other when there's, you know, sin that, that gets in the way of the relationship. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's so funny in that it would be... Hang on, I'm getting a Kleenex. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't have any. <laughs> Sorry. If I could pass you one through the screen, I would do Thanks, it. Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. But it would it would be totally wrong. And a, and a lot of parent-related media does this, right? To paint parenting yeah. as like this puppy dogs and ice cream. Oh, it's always idyllic. It's always perfect. It's always whatever. It's not like that. I remember when we were leaving Ukraine with Maxim, our interpreter, God bless her. She was a sweet lady. Mm-hmm. But she said, you know, she's like, Ted, all they need is food and love. And I reflect on that often, and I'm like, that's such crap. Like, that's yeah, all a cat that's needs, not, you know? That's not like, true. like, that yeah. works for my cat, but for, for these kids, it's way more complex and, and yeah. complicated. But, uh, but yeah, God's grace has really been sufficient. And it was on the adoption side, and it has been on the parenting side, in that, like, we were in no way really qualified to be parents, probably less than a lot of people. And yet, mm-hmm. the Lord has not only seen us through it, but like provided real joy, you know, and got us through over the humps of those adoptions financially and, and physically and otherwise. And, and now we get to enjoy these guys. Well, and, and think about too, like how, you know, like, like in those situations where it's either having to parent your kid through, through something difficult or, Mm -hmm. or the joys that come with it too, right? How, Mm -hmm. as you are, interacting with your kids lives Mm -hmm. in that way how the lord reminds you and confirms in you the same things that he has done in your heart yeah right yeah and you begin to see the grace of god in your own life Mm -hmm. as you have the opportunity to display that to your kids yeah that's right you know and it's it's so true it's such a powerful it's such a powerful relationship and the fact that it is, and, and and this is with any kids and parents, right? But mm-hmm. but to me, again, like I, I think I think back to the kids that I have worked with, who, in in a lot of cases, no fault of their own, have really 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 horrible home lives, mm-hmm. and their parents don't care about them, mm-hmm. right? And their parents aren't investing in them. Yeah, and the. The change and the 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 moments of just joy that come into their eyes mm-hmm. when somebody just takes the time to love them. Yeah, you know, and and I think about that, and I think about just <laughs> that's what that's what makes adoption so special. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, there's par- there's people out there. That shouldn't adopt sure. <laughs> because they're either doing it for bad reasons or or they're just not ready for it, right? And, yeah. and again, to your point, uh, are mm-hmm. you ever truly ready? Right? Yeah. And I, th- yeah. I think some people are more ready than others. Yeah. Um, but just just and and something something that I have been you know as you and I have gotten to know each other, Ted. Yeah. One of the most encouraging things that I have seen is the way in which you interact with Tristan and interact with Mazzy mm-hmm. in a way that. I, I look at that and it's not even so much from a pastoral standpoint, but it's just a friend. I'm like, those kids are going to be okay mm. because I, 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 I see and I hear the love that you have for them and the way that you parent and your, your willingness to be able to go to them in humility mm-hmm. and say, look, I've been here too. Yeah, I'm I'm messed up, mm-hmm. and the only reason that I'm where I'm at right now is because of Jesus. Yeah, like man, that is so important. And mm-hmm. like my hats off to you and KK, and that I know it hasn't been 
easy mm-hmm. and i know that it's been full of junk and yeah. full of joy yeah but just from an outside looking in man like yeah you guys are doing fantastic well and that's extremely it's, extremely kind of you to say and it's an encouragement to me to hear it and yeah, I mean, I have to I have to get to the middle part of the narrative, which is infertility. So in our hubris, we decided, sure. yeah. you know, we would we would adopt before we even tried to have kids. And then we uh, we got back and we tried and we couldn't. And, yeah. you know, that was pretty devastating. You know, mm, there's a sure. without going into too much of it. I, I wrote about this in the book, too. And, um, you know, there's there are those moments, those deep, dark moments where you realize, like, does God want my DNA wiped away from the earth forever. And what does that mean? You know, and uh, those are hard times. It's hard to be in reformed churches as an infertile couple where babies are flying out of people like every six months because the gestation period is shorter. And and it is, it is. I swear reform, the gestation period in reformed churches is shorter than normal. Yeah, it sure is, man. And it's just raining (laughs) babies and baby shower invitations. And man, that can be Oh, it, hurts. Can, it can be embittering. It can be disillusioning. It was all those yeah. things for us. We did not handle it well. Um, so, yeah, like coming out the other side of that, though, and confessing a lot of sin and feeling God's grace in it and then getting the gift of Mazzy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's not there's nothing better, you know. No. Um, yeah. and, and sure, I mean, we all look at our lives and we you know, we try to engineer our lives such that we get everything that we want whenever we want it. But um, for the Christian, especially the older Christian, you know, you look back and you go, man, the Lord gave us exactly what we needed, exactly when we needed it. And in Mm -hmm. our case, he gave us the brother who would be exactly the right kind of foil for Tristan. Mm. Um, Like they are, they couldn't be more different but they complement each other so well and they love each other so well and they're close to each other. They're close to us. Um, It's beautiful. And the Lord knew, you know, he knew what we needed and Mm. uh, yeah, that was kind of him. Yeah. Ted, before we, we close, I'd Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear from you um, talking about some of the, some of the things that, you know, if if a couple's here in this and mm-hmm. they're considering adoption, right? Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear from you um, regarding some of the things to like, perhaps that you guys did wrong, yeah, and some of the things that that went well, you know, and just kind of some not not exactly pros and cons because I, I yeah. think generally the whole thing's pro, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly. But no, it's all pro. Yeah, some, for sure. Some things to look out for, and some things to be excited about when it comes when it comes to adoption. Just kind of yeah. based on you or you're in KK specific uh, specific journey there. Yeah, I mean, I would say as a couple, like embrace and enjoy the adventure. Like mm-hmm. if you if you adopt internationally, especially there's a there's a travel and adventure component to this. That's you can, you can either approach it as a thing that feels uncomfortable or hard or mm-hmm. scary or whatever. And those things could all be true, mm-hmm. but you're there with the person that you love the most. You're experiencing a new thing together. Like take the time to laugh, take the time to point out funny stuff. Um, we, we did all of this, Josh, in a time 
like the culture was still analog when we adopted. So like we didn't have sure. smartphones in the airport. So we had hours to just like talk, people watch, observe, laugh, write in my case. Yeah. You know, I, I started the book just by filling Mead notebooks with like letters to Tris. So my mm-hmm. idea before I even thought of publishing it was just to like archive the experience and remember it well for him. So yeah. that I would have like a cache of letters to give to him that would sort of take him through the process. So I was I was definitely like in it on that level in terms of wanting to remember everything well, wanting to remember when God was faithful. Um, I am not a patient person by nature. Mm-hmm. I am, dude, I'm kind of a hot tempered a-hole, to be honest. Like um, <laughs> I'm given to like bouts of you know, glumness and, you know, morbidity and, and like sure, uh, sure. bitterness and despair and all those things. So, and I think that really manifested more in the second half of the book. Um, for whatever reason, Mazzy's adoption on me was harder because we had to stay there for like two months. And okay. I don't think the sun ever came out one time. We had like massive financial troubles in that adoption. Um, we really struggled. I got electrocuted one time. Like we in our Whoa. apartment, if you if you put on any two electrical devices at the same time, like the power would go out. So uh, yeah. I was out in the hallway, like you know, messing around in the in the fuse box, and I, I got shocked and thrown off a chair, and it was a whole thing. But uh, <laughs> that was a low point. But you know, it was a low point. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I feel like it really revealed areas of growth. You know, ways that I needed to grow. And and I think you, like, you go into it wanting to feel like the heroic, like, we're doing a noble thing person. But um, oftentimes you see how very not heroic you are. Um, But for the believer, I mean, there's hope in that, right? I mean, we have have Christ. And, um, you know, he'll he'll see you through it and his grace will be sufficient. But uh, that's kind of a rambling answer. So yeah. No, uh, no, no. It's all good, man. I don't yeah, have a lot absolutely. of specifics. You know, there, there weren't a lot of books that we read on it. We yeah. kind of went in cold, sure. um, which I think maybe for us was the, was the best way to do it. I don't know that there's anything we could have read that would have really prepared us for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, give me one thing about each of your boys that you really, really love. Um, yeah, man. Tristan has become, in addition to being like, Strong, so he's a he's an eight on the enneagram, and not to turn this into the, you know, Annie F Downs podcast with enneagram <laughs> talk, but I don't know what that means. He's a he's okay, an, he's an eight. Good for him. Yeah, he's know. an eight wing seven, which means he's a he's a contender. Like he likes to disagree with people, and he mm. likes to kind of argue, um, but he's he's really loyal. He's incredibly loyal, and since he's come to know the Lord, and his heart has gotten softer. He's just the best hang, dude. Like, he's yeah. an incredible hang. He's a great conversationalist. Like, he knows when to push and when to draw hard lines and when to be tender. Like, the Lord's brought him, you know, uh, mi- miles and miles from, like, you know, where he was when he was young. But, mm. um, yeah, I just love him. He's a, he's a great friend and a great hang and a uh, tremendous athlete. We play football together, so we're we're suiting up together again in November. So that's a cool. Yeah, being in the same huddle as your kid, that's 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 pretty special. Pretty man. wild, dude. Pretty special. Um yep. Yep. it keeps that's me motivated awesome. to stay in shape. But but with Mazzy, that kid, dude, 
he has the most intuitive like emotional radar of anybody I know. Like mm. the minute I walk in the door, if he can tell that I'm in, in a bad mood, like he'll come up and give me a hug and like rub my oh. back a little bit. And he's always been like that. Like he's really dialed in and he's really tender and he loves to laugh. He loves to quote movies. Mm. Um, we have our, we have our go-to movies that, that we'll quote. He's funny. He's the funniest member of the family. Um, okay. yeah, like All without right. even trying, he's just a really funny dude. And, yeah. um, I think he's just kind, you know, what I hear from school, from his teachers is that he's, he's tenderhearted and kind and includes people and stuff and looks out for people. And, um, there's nothing, nothing better. better, dude. Nothing better. That's yeah. that is, that is, uh, yeah. Yeah. Gosh. My pastor baptized him a couple of years ago and man, oh man, that was what a day. Wrecked you. Yeah. Wrecked me. Oh yeah. In the best possible way. Yeah. That man, I, uh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> this has been a very unconventional episode, Ted. Yeah, it has. It's different. <laughs> in which uh, two grown men break down, <laughs> break down and cry on live radio. <laughs> Maybe it won't be the last time. Maybe this is the new direction hey. of Cluck. You know, hey, we'll lean you know into what? it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, you know what? Who said? Yeah, that's right. We're, we're a couple. You know what? We are, Ted. We're a couple of men that are very in touch with our feelings. Yeah. And we're not ashamed to show it. I think that's right. very popular right now. Yeah, you know? it really is. So you know, we're we showing need, the vulnerable side. We need to start yeah. tweeting about it. You know? Hey, you know what? I'm going to get on that. Yeah, I'm gonna get, get on, on it. it. I'm going to start. I'm going to find some people yeah. to quote tweet yeah, so that I don't actually have to think of anything myself. Well, and if you right. do it yourself, lots of line breaks and, you know. Line breaks and capitals yeah, and, and then leave them wondering more. Yes. Not wanting more, wondering more. Intriguing. <laughs> Make it all about you. <laughs> that's right. Uh, hey, we're uh, good at that. Yeah. Ted, I appreciate you. Um, yeah, I appreciate you running us through that, man. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, I think it's good for people, even if they're, even if you're not, if you, even if you're not considering or interesting or feeling called into adoption, mm-hmm. I think it's just important for people to understand one kind of the ins and outs of it, but also mm-hmm. that, that, you know, that what it looks like. To invest in your kids in a way that is beneficial, yeah, and and in a way that is gospel centered, and in a way that that builds them up in Christ and doesn't tear them down, yeah, you know. Um, and I think you know we've all we all know we all know the difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know what it, what it feels like when we're it's trying to be built up in a way that that is un, unprofitable. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, that's and right. There's no worse feeling. That's know? right. And I think it's just seeing those success stories at least for me um coming from not seeing a lot of those Mm -hmm. in that particular arena it's something that i need and it's something that i really really value and that i can look at and be like no there are there are so many good cases and good situations where it's being done well it's being done right yeah and we praise the lord for that yeah um and yeah, just thank you. I appreciate it. Oh man, it. thank you. Thank it's you. it's yeah. uh it's fun to be asked thoughtful questions about it. It's fun to talk about it. It's good. I mean, it's always good for believers to remember what the Lord's done for us, you know. And yeah. um, man, that's never not a good conversation. You know it's what not. I mean? Yeah. Um, it's always yeah. good and it's always nourishing. And um, yeah, I love talking about it. I love thinking about my boys. I love thinking about where the Lord's brought them and what He's forgiven me along the way and and how even in spite of my bad parenting like they 
they are trending in a good direction. And I know that's not the case for everybody, right? I know, I know, you know, so many parents make their best good faith effort and it goes the other way. So even that's mysterious, right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know all the answers there, but, um, yeah, I sure am grateful and, and we have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Even if it does turn us into blubbering schmucks. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Well, guys, like I said, I wanted to pro- – Ted mentioned it, but I do want to promo it. Um, it's on Amazon. It's Hello, I Love You by Ted Cluck. You can get it on Amazon right now. Um, low stock. So people have bought them. So yeah. you got you to gotta, you gotta get in on this because Amazon says there's one left. There you go. So somebody buy it so yeah. that uh, you can send that request out and get more so more of you can get it. That's right. But uh, it's on Amazon. It's a good price. A cool cover. Is this the actual adoption no, registration? It's or, not. That's oh, a cover oh, okay. they designed. And interestingly, okay. like almost every title I've ever uh, suggested in my publishing career has been changed by the publisher. But sure. uh, Hello, I Love You was uh, that was KK's idea. Yeah. And they kept it. And I thought that title, that cover design was pretty great. So uh, I love it. Shout out Moody Publishers. They did a great job. Also, I've heard. Um, some of my friends have drinking games where they go through my Moody books and they decide which words in there were words that I would never use and um, (laughs) (laughs) take note accordingly. So, uh, well, and to be clear, Ted doesn't know what a drinking game is. No, I don't. He's just, so I heard of this conceptually. I've definitely heard of it conceptually. Yeah. But uh, you could, you could enjoy the book in that way as well. If you're so, (laughs) there you go. It's, it's an interactive. It's an interactive it's an inter- piece of media. Interactive yeah, yeah, piece. Absolutely. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Just like, hey, just like this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, right. this okay. is interactive. Mm-hmm. This isn't just a one-way conversation yeah. because you have the ability to reach out and get in contact with us. And by us, I mean me. That's and right. uh, if it's interesting enough, I forward it over to Ted. <laughs> <laughs> to which he says, ah, respond any way you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so we really do appreciate you guys reaching out. Uh, if you have questions like about this app, uh, if you if you want to know more stuff like that, obviously uh, get your hands on the book. That'll ho- probably answer a good amount of them. But uh, I'll forward anything over to Ted, and we might if if there's interest, you know, we might do another app like this. I think I think like you said, it's a break from the traditional, but it's good to, it's good to talk about just because you know, yeah, that's it. it we need to be reminded of. It. So get on over to the socials at Cluckcast. You can find us all over there. We appreciate you guys listening. We're going to catch you on the next episode of Cluck in which Ted and I will most likely not cry. Have a good week. Later. Later.